Hello and welcome to season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi Sharif, welcome to Content Kettle. Hi Sharif, thank you for having me. Likewise. For those who haven't met Sharif before, uh, Sharif is the founder of Levensa Food and Herbals. It's a brand that sells Ayurvedic product and is on a mission of taking the Indian Ayurveda on an international level. So, uh, Sharif, I went to the website, your Instagram. Everything looked good, pretty exciting as well. So, I just wanted to understand what was your whole motivation behind starting this brand and what is the entire story of your brand. So, uh, initially, this brand was founded by my mother. In 2017, Libenza Food and Herbals was established, and uh, she was very uh, fond of nature. So, if you come to my house, you will see that the whole house is covered with plants. And she believed in the power of nature, and she always thought that through nature we could treat every disorder that we have. So, she was very keen on natural things and natural products, and so she started her research in 2015. on ayurvedic products and after 2 years of her research she went to kerala which is the hub of ayurveda for some courses and after those uh, courses were culminated and her research was culminated she decided to found this company so in 2017 we began our operations initially we were only going through our uh, franchisee network which we appoint franchisees all over india and uh, they sell our products and through private labeling which is uh, someone else gives us their brand name and we manufacture a product in their brand name and later after covid we felt that there was an awareness about ayurveda that people who were actually started to he they started to accept ayurveda as an alternative to allopathic medicines so we thought of taking our operations to d2c as well last year we began our d2c operations pretty interesting so initially when you started you were dealing with b2b okay and later yes. on you started with d2c if you could right. give me a breakdown of how things would work in b2b and then b2c d2c would be really great so uh, when we started working in b2b we have a prior experience of 20 25 years in manufacturing it wasn't something new for us because uh, we had a connections and it was easy for us to navigate through uh, the b2b network but when we started d2c part that i felt was a challenge because it was something we had never done before we never dealt with the customer directly take d2c up it means that you are in direct communication with the customer so you understand what problems they are facing what they like about your product what they don't like about your product so i think d2c should somewhere be a part of your business plan because it gives you awareness about what the customer actually wants and what the ground reality is what the reviews are about your products so it was challenging initially but we're getting around it got it nice how do you go about launching a new product in the market i mean i wanted to understand the strategies and the process that you have at lavenza in ayurveda there are some general products which are already available in the market and then there are products that we introduce to the market which uh, don't have a particular target segment but you have to uh, create a segment for these products while launching general products we take a look at the market we conduct market research and understand what 
the problem is and what are the available options to solve that problem. So we have a in-house team of uh, R&D which has five to five members who are all BMS and MD Dravagon and experienced people who have their own practice in dealing with patients. So they help us to understand what the problems are that the customers are facing and the available options that they're using in the market. So what we do is we conduct our own scientific research around the ingredients that are used to treat these problems. So all our formulations are made from ingredients that have clinical research done on them regarding their use against these problems. Once we identify these herbs, what we do is we formulate a small batch, which you could say a pilot batch, and we distribute it to our uh, franchisees and through which we get a feedback from the market about the working of the product. We take consultations from doctors because they can guide us about how the product is responding. And after that, we take a mother batch, which is the actual batch, and we go about promoting it. So in promotion, we what we generally do is we see what our target audience is, what their problems are, and where they can be found, what do they... After this research has been carried out, we formulate a plan according to their needs. So we focus on giving something of value to them initially because I feel profits are a byproduct of trust. So if you build trust with your customers, if you give something of value to them, then they will be trusting your brand and they will be giving you a chance to make a difference in their lives. So I feel this is very important that you build trust because our product is something which has the power of making a positive change in a person's life. So this is what our key focus is on. Got it. Interesting. So when you talk about market research, how long does it take for you to get into, uh, you know, if, if at all you are coming up with a new product to make the research, uh, maybe understand what's the availability in the market? Is any other competitor doing that? How long does that take for you to come to a conclusion that this is a product we are launching and this is what it will have? So uh, if it's a general product like uh, about joint pain, for example, so it is a very vast market. So we know that products are already available in this space. It takes us roughly around three months to formulate a product for general products. But if we look at, we have say we have a product which is for uh, smokers. Product's name is Tarclean. And this product is used to detoxify the lungs which have been congested from the toxins from cigarette smoke and from air pollution. So this is a proprietary product. This is something which is not readily available in the market. This is a segment that we had to create. So for this type of product, it takes us roughly six to nine months because we have to understand what the market is because this is a sort of latent need, a need that uh, the customer doesn't know he might have. So we have to look at what the problem is that the customer is facing. And if our solution will actually be able to help them, we have to create awareness for the customer to understand that they, this is actually a need that needs to be solved. Okay. So nine months for a property product and three months for a general product. So your segment is such a way that, you know, without educating the audience, it's really hard for you to get in the market and sell them. So when I was also scrolling through your website, I saw 
a lot of major topics have been covered on your blog so there's there's a lot of content marketing that's happening there so far that you've been running this business how has uh, content marketing helped you in ways to get more attention or customers if we look at it there are two ways about uh, going through building a brand one is through advertisements and the other is through inbound marketing which where i feel content plays a major role because as soon as a person sees that there is information about a problem they are facing they just click through it and they like to know more about their problem how it can be solved and once they read that this brand is able to deliver information on this problem they build a certain amount of trust so i guess content marketing would be at the top of my list if i have to think of ways i can engage with my customer and to build trust got it also have you ever tried uh, paid campaigns as well yes we do a lot of paid campaigns initially we started with google that was a, a sort of hit and trial for us because soon we realized that since this is a very niche product that we're marketing there's not a lot of awareness about this so we stopped google ad campaigns as soon as we understood that then we focused on display marketing and on facebook and instagram ads because we feel that that is, these platforms have a target audience and uh, it's useful for spreading awareness about your product got it so how has display ads have been working for you like what what are the different channels that you have used if you could give me an entire breakdown of it so far we've used a uh, youtube marketing and uh, ma- display marketing which is through uh, images and videos so this is uh, just to create an awareness we our goal is not to drive sales from these channels these are mostly for uh, driving awareness and driving traffic to a website so people could get an insight about uh, what the product is and what it does display marketing is uh, used for engagement and awareness and for facebook our main goal is to just to get to know our audience better to have them engage with our product with our pages so we can answer queries for them and they can give us some insight about their psychology and their behavior got it got it so i was scrolling through your instagram i saw a couple of posts uh, those were memes as well and uh, other posts uh, like before and after which were really good so uh, sharif if at all you are given a chance okay or you want to try something okay there's one article that says how to cut down your weight and yeah. there's another social media post that shows like before and after so which one would you focus more on and which one do you think would work and what would be the impact if you have experienced this what would that be i would say the before and after would work much better but the reason is that once people have an image in their mind that okay this was before using the product and this is the result we'll be getting after using the product they are looking much more forward to using the product and uh, on how to cut down weight obviously uh, it's a part of content marketing uh, but i feel that when you give them a blog it's a lot more work for them because they have to go through the entire blog they have to dedicate 15 20 minutes of their time so i feel uh, the before after would be much more convincing for someone to look into a product and that's straight on point also have you tried influencer marketing or maybe uh, sending out products to small influencers or people whom you know and uh, asking them uh, to uh, review it on instagram or 
you know facebook have you ever tried that initially we began with uh, 3 to 4 influencers that was on barter system we gave them our products and asked them to use it and you know review them i would say the response we got it wasn't as good as i was expecting it to be although we're not completely discarding it we feel that it is a very crucial part of uh, marketing and i feel there should be some level of research behind it to understand what sort of audience is uh, following the influencers you want to use and also the results will not be quick you have to be patient with the results you have to go out with at least 10 to 15 influencers to actually understand what the response will be so i feel you need a budget you need planning you need research to go into influencer marketing got it interesting also uh, the industry that you are in ayurveda in india if you look at it people consider it for people who are old age maybe about 40 when they start having problems in their life but that's not the case right even people like us who's into their 20 24 25 even at times they need some help with their health and ayurveda can solve it but they don't take that approach they they have the mindset okay ayurveda is for old age people like about 40 50 who really has some problem and what i have is not a problem so if at all you want to educate millennials and bring your products in front of them how would you do that because again like people have their mindset okay this is not for me so how, how would you go about cutting through the noise and uh, showing them they need it you're absolutely right so there's a misconception about ayurveda that uh, it is for the elderly generally because i feel that people have seen that ayurveda takes a bit of time to show results since allopathic works like a magic pill you take a pill and the headache is gone you take a pill and the fever is gone obviously that is enticing for people because they don't want to wait for 10 15 days to regain their health what we focus on is the long term benefits of ayurveda obviously we understand that it is not an emergency medicine but for the overall well being it is a good alternative to allopathic medicines uh, i'm not completely discarding allopathic medicines because we know that they are important we also know that allopathic medicines have side effects whereas ayurveda has side benefits one medicine of ayurveda could work on your lungs could work on your liver could work on your digestion so it has multiple benefits when you take just a one a single product so what our focus will be on is that it is natural does not have any harmful chemicals and that it has long term benefits so what it does it, it does not work on the problem but instead on the root cause of that problem so once you use ayurveda and remove the root cause of the problem you won't be facing that issue further in the future whereas if you take something like allopathic what you do is you treat the problem but it can occur again in the future so if you're looking for a long and healthy life you should prefer ayurveda that is where our focus will be on because a lot of people want quick results and you know they don't understand yeah it helps i even i agree with that but then at some point you need ayurveda stuff as well because i was using a couple of uh, immunity booster and all of it so i went to the ayurveda side compared to the normal it helps yeah what are some of the red flags you see in a business as a founder when you are running it and you see your team doing well or the business doing well or the business not doing well you know how how do you go about uh, rectifying where the red flag is and how do you go about solving it 
I feel that there are a few things that are measurable. Like you could uh, look at your profits, you could look at your sales. You know, these are some quantifiable things that you can measure. But I strongly believe that these are the byproducts, and you have to look at the cause of these uh, things. So I usually look at how our customers are responding to our products because I always like to know what the customer's mindset is about a brand. So we do a lot of uh, calling after the product has been delivered to understand how it has made a difference in their life, if they're satisfied with the values or not. And secondly, I would say I look at my uh, team's motivation because I feel that's what drives everything in business. If your team is motivated and they understand your vision and they're working towards your vision, there's a high chance of success. But if they're not, then obviously you'll find it difficult to go through it. Team motivation and customer response is something I look at. If they're down, I think that's a red flag and then there's something you need to go back to the basics and you need to figure out what's not going your way and how to change that. Got it. Interesting. Uh, so what are some of the mistakes you think that entrepreneurs shouldn't make when they're just starting out? I would say uh, the first thing would be the fear of failure because uh, many a times what we founders do is we're afraid of, you know, or doing something which might fail and negatively impact our product or our brand or our would negatively reflect on our uh, company. The truth is that there is no magic formula for success. So you just have to be bold and you have to keep trying new things. You have to be innovative and not be afraid of failing or not doing well. So that would be number one. Second would be uh, not getting the right team because I feel that the team is what drives your business. So when you're dealing with people, you need to uh, make sure that they're on the same wavelength as you. So you need to assemble a team that understands your vision and uh, believes in your vision. And they're motivated to work for your goals. And you need to always be in touch with them, communicate with them. And the third thing I would say is not measuring your results. So initially, that was something that I used to not look at. Soon I realized that this is a crucial part because what gets measured gets improved. So weekly, we are conducting reviews to understand where we're lacking and where we're improving, what's working and what's not working. So I think uh, these three are the mistakes that uh, entrepreneurs should be on the lookout for. Interesting. Love the last part, measuring it. Because what happens is when you get into the zone of promoting yourself and pushing it out there, uh, you know, yes. month goes, month passes by, dude. Literally, month passes by, and you never know, like, you know, what has happened and what is the revenue. Nothing as such. You know, you are like, okay, so it's going in a flow. Let's let's take it. But it's important to put a pause. You know, look into what's happening, what's working, what is not, and based on that, because it gives you an idea. Okay, which are the things that can be improved, and in the long term, it really helps. Loved it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, bringing this to a wrap. So. Running a business is full of ups and downs. Okay. There are times when you feel like, okay, I'm at the top of the mountain. Everything is going well. And, you know, other times you hit the rock bottom and you are like, nothing is working out. So on the days when things are rough, there are no sales or, you know, the team is not performing well and things like that. How do you keep yourself motivated and how do you overcome this? What we start from is a purpose. Every brand, every company starts with a core focus and a core purpose. 
so our purpose is to bring a positive change in our consumers life through our ayurvedic products so obviously there are times when you know the sales are not working the uh, we have a huge rto you know we're getting losses i guess what keeps us motivated is just that one phone call we get from a customer saying that our product made a difference in their life and they were facing a problem since a long time and they finally got relief from that problem so i think we look at that and it satisfies us and it tells us that we're on the right track health is you know the fundamental thing when you're not healthy you're not able to do the basic things in life you're not able to spend time with your family go out you know enjoy the small things in your life when you get relief from that when you know that you're healthy so that's a very good thing and to deliver that to our consumers is something that makes us proud so i feel that is what keeps us motivated to go through the ups and downs got it that's inspiring yeah i'm sure our audience would love the conversation we had and the strategies and the tips and tricks you shared with us it was great having you sharif today with us at content kettle thank you so much sohil it was nice being here talking to you and uh, i hope we can connect further again definitely yeah found this episode insightful follow us on spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week